You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Oh yeah, what's going on? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. So excited to be with you here today. And uh, we get to talk about the Angels playing some good baseball as of late. In case you haven't noticed, the Angels have won 10 of the last 15. They've won four of the last five. Halos, as we're recording this here on this Wednesday, are getting set to take on the Royals tonight. We'll have a chance to go for the sweep of Kansas City as well. My goodness, do we have a loaded show for you today. Here's the deal. We're going to hear from Justin Upton in a bit. We're going to hear from Joe Madden in a bit, but make sure you stick around for our conversation with Alex Cobb. He and I had a lengthy chat, a lot of really good stuff. You are not going to want to miss uh, the conversation with Alex Cobb, so make sure you hang out for that. Again, uh, really good stuff, and I, I really thoroughly enjoyed uh, the opportunity uh, to spend some time talking with him. I think Alex Cobb's a, a really bright guy, an interesting guy, and I'm excited excited uh, to share that uh, chat with all of you. Now, here's the deal. I, I talk about the Angels playing better baseball as of late. Uh, no doubt, uh, the schedule has gotten easier, but the Angels are beating the teams they're supposed to beat. That being said, um, they split against two first-place teams last week. That was you know, the talk you know, that we were all having last week. Okay, you split against Oakland. You split against San Francisco. That's good. How are you going to do uh, against the teams you're supposed to beat? Well, the Angels end up splitting the series with the Seattle Mariners and even though you would have you know liked to have seen them be three of four it's hard to get greedy all that means is that now you go got to go get another game uh, from Kansas City or Arizona I talked last week about this 10 game stretch which I really think is the softest 10 game stretch the Angels are going to have all season uh, talking about Seattle talking about Kansas City talking about Arizona and I really thought the Angels needed to go seven and three uh, last week I, I talked about that and, and that's still uh, very much within striking distance for this Angels team. Um, at this point, in that 10-game uh, stretch, they've played six games and they're 4-2. and two. Okay, so uh, you know maybe they, they lost one more game than they should right there, but uh, there's no reason to think the Angels uh, can't, at the very least, win three of the next four. And why not just win four in a row? I mean, seriously. Uh, well, there's no reason why this Angels team should lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's no reason why uh, this Angels team could lose uh, to Kansas City. Now, I get it. The Royal are a team that's around 500 this year. They've played surprisingly well uh, to this point, but when the Angels have faced uh, the young starters for the Royals uh, to this point in this series, they have absolutely dominated those guys. Um, and, and that's been good to see. I mean, the Angels hit five home runs in Tuesday night's game, led by Shohei Otani, who hit a 470-foot blast, part of a five-home run barrage by Halo hitters. 2-2, he lifts this ball high, and he hits it deep out into right center field. It is way out of here. 
Tuesday night, bottom of the first inning. It's already showtime. Here's the next pitch. He swings at that one and lifts that ball high, and he hits it deep out to left field. It is out of here. Second night in a row, Max Stassi is homered. This is lifted high in the air. This ball is going to get out as well. Iglesias has hit one out, out to the bullpen area. 3-2, this ball's lifted high in the air. This ball's carrying deep in left center, and it's out of here! Well, Upton's been hitting a lot of home runs lately, and he hits one here. Here's the pitch. This is hit well into left center field. It's traveling deep, and it is out of here! Taylor Ward has just hit the fifth home run of the night for the Angels in this game. And the Angels' lead grows. It's now 8-1. to one. one of the keys for the Angels, and I know we talked about this last week, but, but it is significant. What Justin Upton is doing out of the leadoff spot is incredible. He homered again on Tuesday night. It's his 14th of the year, uh, which puts him on the MLB leaderboard. So uh, Jay Up is now on the leaderboard uh, for home runs. I mean, that's only four shy of the league leaders. Okay, So how about this? Since Justin Upton has been put in the leadoff spot, here he is, 327, five home runs, and 11 RBI as a leadoff man. It's, a, it's incredible. He's got a six-game hitting streak going. He's batting 381 on that six-game hitting streak. Justin Upton has been a spectacular leadoff man for the Angels. And I don't know that anybody has the answer as to why it's working, but it is. And Jay Up and I talked about just that the other day. Jay Up, what's going on, man? I know that the numbers that you've been putting up since you've been in this leadoff spot, just what can you say about um, the way you feel in that position and what's it doing for you at the plate right now? Um, initially, I think it was just a change of scenery. scenery um, and I, I, I don't, I really don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have an answer for it yet. I mean, um, you know, I, I've just kind of gotten used to it at this point and um, you know, the, the numbers of, been better. What was your reaction initially when Joe said, Hey, I'm thinking about putting you here. Like, but what were you thinking about that at first? Well, I think Joe's reasoning behind it. He just, you know, he, I don't know. He just kind of wanted a, a change for me. Um, and, you know, I, I was on board with it. It was fine. I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't particularly swinging the bat well in the other spots. So, um, you know, he, he, Came to me with it, and I agreed to it, and, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out so far. And more than that, I mean, the way you're seeing the baseball right now, it's obvious. I mean, homers in, in four straight games. Uh, just, just how do you feel about the way you're seeing the baseball right now and just how you feel comfort-wise to play? Uh, I feel good about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm driving the baseball. I'm taking walks. Um, you know, those are all good signs. So um, I'm happy with it right now. Uh, but, you know, it's a long season, so got to continue to work. And last thing for me, Justin, obviously uh, with Albert gone and Mike Trout on the injury list right now, uh, I would imagine that uh, for veterans to step up and kind of have more leadership roles in this team, I would imagine that you are one of those guys or you are one of those guys. Do you feel maybe a different sense right now in terms of uh, leading this group and, and having a role in that way? Yeah, um, you know, and you have guys that aren't used to, to – playing daily you know there has to be some stability there and um you know I, I think we have a, a good group of veterans you got you know Anthony you got uh Kurt 
Um, you got some guys on this team who are um, who've been through situations like this before, and um, and and the, the hats off to the young guys. They've stepped up and they've done their job. Also, um, you know, we're continuing to fight every night, and you know, that's all we can ask for. You know, ever since Justin Upton's been moved into that leadoff spot, he might be playing himself into some all-star consideration. I mean, the way that this season started for him, it's a pretty uphill battle. But uh, you look at the, the sample size, uh, since he has been a leadoff man, it has been spectacular. Um, we're now seeing a pretty significant sample size with Jared Walsh, especially if you go back to last September for what he has done at the plate. In my mind, it's a no-brainer. I think Jared Walsh should be an all-star. And you go to angels.com slash all-star to vote uh, for guys like Walsh, Otani, Trout everybody uh, to try to get him uh, to Denver, get him into the uh, into the All Star game there in Colorado this year. I still want to see Shohei Otani hit and pitch in the All Star game, and I still think he's going to be in the home run derby too. Um, I just that's a hunch. I think it's going to happen. I would love, love, love to see that happen, and I think that it will, especially uh, since the odds of Trout playing in the All Star game um, are, are like slim and none, considering he may not be back uh, before the All Star break, and even if he is. Um, I you know, just playing in that all-star game, coming off an injury. I, I just don't see that happening. He'll probably be there, uh, but I don't see Trout playing in the game. So, you know, even more reason to see Shohei Otani uh, take center stage at the Midsummer Classic. I would love to see that uh, there. But in talking about Jared Walsh, we've spent a ton of time talking about his hitting. And I think that anybody that's watching him uh, sees what his back can do. It's phenomenal. But what jumps out to me is his defensive ability. There was a game the other night. Jared made a bunch of great defensive plays. Uh, he turned a 3-6-3 double play. That was on Monday. Um, he, he's doing a lot of little things well. And I will just say, when you watch somebody play first base, it's not often that a first baseman jumps off the page with their defensive ability. But, boy, Jared Walsh is the exception. The way that the Angels are positioning him, too, because of his athleticism, because of what he's able to do, he's able to play really far off of first base. I mean, there was a one point on Sunday, in Sunday's game against Seattle, I'm pretty sure Jared was playing like closer to second base than he was to first base. And that is, you know, to help with positioning and where, you know, um, if, you, if a hitter tries to go the other way, Jared can get to the ball over there. But it also means that if a ball is hit to the pull side for a right-handed hitter, Man, Jared Walsh has to run hard, like straight sprint over to first base just to try to get there in time uh, to make a play. And that's not an easy thing to do, but the luxury of having somebody as athletic as Walsh over at first base um, is a huge benefit for how the Angels handle their infield positioning. And I talked with Joe Madden about exactly that just the other day. The fact that he's that athletic and he's willing to do it. When you get off that far, you have to get tighter because if you get too far back with that kind of distance from the bag, it would be hard to get there. So you got to cut down the distance a bit by getting closer to the to the cut of the grass. It's just pretty much, you know, that's it takes the hole away. I mean, uh hitters when they look up and they see him standing there, if you're right-handed um and you're taking a pretty decent hack, that would be where you would hit it more than likely at that particular area. <clears throat> and he's any the the fact that he's he's quick with that and then he could get back, that's it. And then it permits us to be more comfortable on the other side on the pool side with all three guys. Uh not every first baseman can get it that far off. They can't. Uh, some won't because they're so uncomfortable getting back to first base to cover on a grounded ball. So yeah, you're right on. We we've been doing this a bit. Uh, we're trying to. You, you probably seem to be become more aggressive at times, and it just be uh, determined by the hitter. But you continue to see it too. And that stuff matters. That matters a lot to pitchers too. 
When you have good infield defense like that, you can position guys the right way and take hits away. That's really significant, and that helps uh, the pitching staff. That has been a lot better as of late, and I can't help but think uh, the Angels playing better defensively uh, doesn't have something to do with that. All right, now it's time to get to our guest today, and that is Alex Cobb. You look at Cobb's numbers on the year, 4-2 and record, 4-2-4 ERA in eight starts. How about this uh, for Alex Cobb? His last five starts, the Angels are 4-1 and in those games. His record is 3-1 and in those games, uh, giving up uh, just nine earned runs in those five starts. He's got an ERA of 3.12. Opposing hitters are batting just 198 against him. And the thing that I love about Alex Cobb is his drive, his competitiveness, the fight that he shows. I mean, there was a game on Saturday night when Alex Cobb was pitching at Seattle, and he had given up a grand slam in the fourth inning of that game. Keep in mind, he had a perfect game through three. First time through the order was totally clean. Gives up a grand slam and, you know, was kind of the, 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 on the wrong side of some bad luck. Um, it just didn't really – things weren't going his way. He really only made one bad pitch in that inning, and it ends up being a grand slam. And he said after the game that after he gave up that grand slam, he knew his stuff was good. He goes, hey, we are not losing this game. I'm going to fight. I'm going to battle. I'm going to keep it right here because I know our bats can get the job done. Well, he only went on to retire the next 11 to finish out his day. So he ends up giving five runs but goes seven innings in that game. I mean, that was significant, I thought, for Alex Cobb. I, I, I love that. And the, the way that he spoke after the game really fired me up. And I think that that's something that can translate to other guys on this team. Alex Cobb, 33 years old, a veteran that has had super success in this league before, uh, just an all-around good dude. He can help this Angel staff a lot, uh, leading by example. Um, and we had Alex Cobb uh, here on the program. Uh, I had a conversation with him on Tuesday, and we just talked about a lot of different things, and I think you'll enjoy this. Here now our conversation with Angel starting pitcher Alex Cobb. All right, hanging out with Alex Cobb, joining us uh, via Zoom today. Uh, Alex, just want to say, man, the last couple starts we've seen you make, it's been really fun to watch, and uh, I want to talk about pitching here in a minute. But first things first, uh, how was the family adjusting to a SoCal life? How's life out here? Man, they could not be happier. This is, I mean, we're used to being in Florida and Baltimore, and it's mid-90s, 100% humidity. We walk outside every day and go to the park, and it's just a – fresh breeze of cool air and um and there's not too many better places in the country to live than than right here in socal because you got uh, you got two girls right i do i have a two-year-old and uh she'll be one next month the other one all right so someday you're gonna get to sleep eventually right someday yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean but they're both champs at sleeping i mean they go from they're on the baseball schedule now, so they're sleeping from 1130 to noon almost every day. So I'm, I'm lucky. That works out. Have you guys uh, done a, a Disneyland trip yet? Have you made the way over the park? We haven't done that yet. I, I had heard it's not quite open to um, anybody other than California residents, but oh, if that changes uh, – Maybe during the break, that'd be great to do. There you go. Well, uh, there's a lot that we want to. I want to talk about with you, Alex, and I appreciate again you doing this. Um, one of the things that I was, you know, was trying to, you know, do some digging when you signed with this uh, Angels Club or you know, we're arrived here this off season. Um, I saw the stuff about uh, when you adopted Oscar. Um, yeah. I just kind of want my, my. I'm a big lab guy. Uh, my wife is a huge dog lover. So uh, what's going on with Oscar? How's he doing? And how are uh, how are the pups these days? um oscar's awesome i have him and then i have a uh like a, a 
shoot, he might, he might be 11 now, uh, year old American Bulldog, who, I mean, has had every issue under the sun that he could have, and he's still kicking. He's doing great. But Oscar is, um, we call him Oscar the Grouch. It's, he's just, he is, um, the, he, I think he knows he's got it good now, and he's super protective of us. So anybody that comes over, we give a fair warning. He's he's going to be in, in their face, uh, <laughs> you know, being a little, <laughs> a little too aggressive. But <clears throat> he's he's been a part of our family now for what five six years and um we love him to death it's just it's nice to come home to him every day yeah man i uh, a thousand percent can relate to that i got a couple lab puppies that are just in your face cool. absolutely it's just yeah. how it goes um, yeah but you love them you love them to death absolutely High energy. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, I want to talk about some things that you said after the game, uh, your last start uh, against Seattle. And I thought it was one of the – for me, honestly, it was one of my favorite things I've heard an Angels pitcher say in a long time. When you came out of that game, I know you gave the grand slam, but you know, three clean innings before, retired the last 11 that you faced, you said, hey, we're winning this game. Like, I'm going to do everything I can. Like, we're, we're not going to lose this game. And, and pitched with just edge and fire, and you talked about that afterwards. I just kind of want to get a sense of just where that, that comes from uh, in a lot of ways for you. Yeah. I mean, every game you experience is different. That, that was a game where, um, you know, you can ride to the ballpark and almost have a feel of the way the day is going to go, you know. And, and as you start warming up for the game, you're like, you know, I've got it today and, and, and this is going to be fun. I'm going to go out there and just compete. And I know I'm, I'm going to, you know, I don't know what the final line is going to be, but I know I'm going to put my team in a good position to win. And I had that feeling that day. Um, I just, I felt like w w while I was warming up that um, it was one of those days where my stuff felt crisp. I felt, I felt energized. I mean, it was a Saturday night game. Crowd was packed in. We had fireworks afterwards. You know, we're playing with an edge right now, knowing that um, where we are in the standings isn't going to cut it. Yeah. And so each game for us is, is you know, must win. So it had all that kind of piled into it and went through those first three innings. And, and it just felt like one of those days I was going to work deep into the game. We we're going to win, shake some hands after the game. And and then wham, that that fourth inning happened, and you know five runs are up on the board before I, I even know what's happening. And you know that time at that time you can kind of feel the the, the entire energy shift uh, into their dugout, and the, the the crowd's kind of taken out of it, and it's almost like all right, well we'll just wait around for some fireworks after the game, and you know there might be another loss. And, and inside I'm just like no, this this that's not the way it's going to be today. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like our guys are taking too good about bats right now. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately for them, their pitcher got got hit and had to come out of the game and and this momentum shifted back into our dugout. And and I rode that energy and, and just went back out there and was like, um, I, I'm going to keep the ball in the zone and, and compete and and just pitch with that with, with that intensity and, and frustration and let it out on, on the hitters. Do you think that that is maybe something that maybe your teammates see? I mean, especially like a lot, there's a lot of younger pitchers on this staff. Do you think that that could be something that, that they say, like, hey, Alex, a guy, he's been there, he's had the mega success that you had, especially in Tampa, and, and now here you are, especially this last handful of starts, been really good. Um, do you feel like that can translate? Like, was that at all any part of your thought process as you're doing things? That's not my thought process during the game. I think that. 
um, as we talk as a group and we have, you know, so much time together that we talk about every little thing. Um, we all see a, a different situation unfolding every night on the field, uh, you know, and, and most of the time it can be predictable. You know, you can see a guy fall into trouble and collapse and, you know, no big deal, just write it off as a bad outing and, and we'll go get him the next time. Um, but I think that when you watch games and you see something go against the fold a little bit and it, it, the outcome's a little bit different than what it looked like it was going to be expected that, you know, you, you learn from that because you learn from everything that you see and do and, um, and you apply that to yourself. Like, you know, our, our staff is really good. And not only are they really good, I know, I know maybe the numbers or whatever haven't shown it um, in its entirely, entirety, but they have really good stuff and they have really good mental approach. They're all very um, determined out there. Uh, they all work their butt off in between each start. Um, and we just need to get to that point where we're all clicking together. Once we start clicking together, we all go six, seven each time out. And that bullpen has that load off of, 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 of their chest that, you know, they can kind of take a deep breath and, and, you know, work on their roles in a more normal uh, scenario. Then as a team, we'll start clicking because this offense is there. I mean, we're missing the big guy, but um, it doesn't seem like they really missed the beat. We've had a couple of games where, where we've, we've gotten in some trouble, but on a day in a day out, basis we know we're going to come to the ballpark with some run support and and some good defense so it really we we look at ourselves and and setting the tone so um you know i don't know if it was if it was one of those days where where anybody was you know watching and learning from but yeah um i i really like the mindset of our staff um as a whole yeah, I mean, this team's getting healthier, too. I mean, that's that's the other part. Yes, so Trout's still out, but everybody else seems like they're starting to come back. Um, yeah. When you guys are on, in the dugout, like during a game, it's not your start. Uh, the starting pitchers are always sitting together. Uh, what are those conversations like? Like how much of that is is screwing around and having fun and how much of that is, oh, like we're you know paying close attention to what's going on? Uh, and honestly, I would say 90% is – messing around and stupid and won't ever be repeated again (laughs) but there's 10 percent that is gold you know that is like a question being asked that sparks a debate or sparks a conversation that you didn't see again i'm still you know we have guys like griffin and heaney you know they, they bring up stuff all the time to me that I'm like, wow, I didn't, I've never thought of, of, of that situation like that, or man, they really are locked in on every single pitch. You know, we've just had a full conversation and they asked about some sort of pitch that happened last inning. I was like, man, I kind of wasn't paying attention, you know? And so they're, they're locked in and um, you know, that, but that 10% that we do get down and dive deep into the game is a lot because we play 162 games. So um, you know, we, we get our fair share, but um, a lot of it's fun. Alex, I, I'm sure it is. And I can also tell you that everybody that's listening to this right now, they all want to hear the stories about the 90%. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's what everybody wants to hear. I'll tell you yeah. that right now. My wife doesn't even hear them, so <laughs> they're not getting out. <laughs> 
Um, I want to shift gears for a moment because I thought over Memorial Day weekend we saw something really cool. ESPN did a feature on you, uh, wrote a story about your involvement with the Taylor family uh, from mm-hmm. your time in Tampa Bay. Um, anybody that has seen the piece knows the story, but maybe can you just fill us in a little bit and where did that relationship come from um, when in helping a, a family that was impacted uh, by the war in the 2000s? Just can you just tell us about that and what inspired you to get involved uh, with them? Well, I mean, my brother serves, has served in the military. He, he put about 10 years in. He did two tours overseas. Um, so obviously there's going to be um, that's going to be dear to my heart. And um, we had a, an, some opportunities when I first got into the big leagues to be involved with the military and, and military families. And this situation just came about with me conversating with um uh, a veteran who you know had come back with some obvious disabilities and i just wanted to hear his story and and talk more to him and we were in the outfield shagging some balls and you know he had every bit of joy in his heart and and in his um life right now um that you know sparked more interest you know you can see that he's obviously not at full capacity and he's um has is more thankful to be here right now in that moment so you know that just it it, it created a lengthy conversation and you know we got towards the end and and it got kind of deep and we started talking about some you know some of the injuries and how they happened and he told me the story about um about you know the the tailors and um how he was uh, with Jake's dad and when he got hurt and Jake's dad didn't make it back. And, you know, you're just, you're kind of stopped, stopped in your tracks every time you hear a story about it. And so, you know, he just asked me if, you know, there's anything, he, he, he told me that he lives close to the family now and um, his son's big into baseball. And if there's any way to, you know, get him some memorabilia, a ball or a glove or something. And, you know, of course I ran right in there and, and handed him a glove and, you know, we went our separate ways that later on that day. And at some point during the season, middle of the summer, that was in spring training, middle of the summer, I get a letter on my chair and um, it was Jake's mother writing to me asking if I, you know, telling me the story about Taylor, who I was talking to in spring training and how I gave him the glove and if I could sign the glove for Jake. And, um, you know, it, it <laughs> it was like such a small request. It was like, no, you know, I, I gotta do more, you know, there's, there's, there's gotta be more we can do for the family. So went to the raise some, some time had passed and I finally got back to, to Michelle, Jake's mom and, and told him like, we would love to have you guys come out and, and just spend the day with us. And that, that, you know, that timing was, was, was a little crazy because that, when I texted him, it was on, on David's birthday or her husband's late husband's birthday. And, you know, it just, it, it, it brought tears to, to our eyes about it. And, um, you know, we signed up, we got, we got it all figured out to have Jake throw out the first pitch, hang with the guys, hang in the locker room, get him get him some new jerseys and stuff. And, um, you know, he said, you know, to me, at, and, and I don't remember it, but I, I read in the story that w- what he remembered was, saying this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I remember saying like, no, man, you know, you're coming back and we're going to, we're going to keep hanging out. And 
you're just the, the best kid I've, I, I'd ever, you know, the most polite kid. Um, one of those kids you just want to do stuff for. And um, so we, it, it sparked the friendship. And, and to this day, we text back and forth and he's in baseball and he's doing great and he's doing awesome in school. And it's just it, they're an amazing family. You know, it's the, the type of family that this country is built on. Yeah. And um, I'm happy to, to call them friends. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great story on ESPN. It's it's it, even so much more impactful hearing you uh, tell that perspective as well. I think that like anybody that, you know, listening right now, probably maybe you as a kid. I certainly I remember you know going to big league baseball games and meeting the players, like trying to get an autograph at spring training. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world, a chance mm-hmm. to have an impact. Now that you are in a position where you can have that kind of impact on somebody, like how significant is that to you? I'm, I'm blind to it. <laughs> you know, it's it, like a lot of times where, you know, I'll be in a situation. And I'm like, man, they, they were very, you know, either shy or they, they were kind of like, didn't really want to talk to me. And I was like, did I offend them or something? And, yeah. you know, my wife's like, well, you know, you play baseball. Like sometimes it's, it's intimidating and, and I forget, you know, and, sure. and then, you know, I forget that I have that, that platform to, um, cause I don't think of myself like that, but I, I, I was a, I was a kid that grew up going to spring training games and was in awe of all the, all the players walking by. And, um, I had a, a player live on my street during spring training and I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. And, you know, so I do get that. And, um, so when I do have the opportunities to, to, you know, make a, a, a tiny impact or, you know, even just giving a kid a ball and, you know, looking them in the eye and, you know, having them catch it and seeing the joy on their face. Like I do know how much that means. Uh, I have to realize it, you know, sometimes, but um, it's, it's a pretty special feeling. It's, it's, it's the coolest part about being a big leaguer. Hey man, I really appreciate you taking some time out your busy work week to spend it with us. Thank you so much. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you continue to dominate. It's been fun, especially these last couple of times out. Keep it going, man. Awesome, Trent. Thank you, buddy. All right, thanks, Alex. I told you guys you're going to like that. Uh, really good stuff from Alex Cobb right there. And again, uh, thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to Justin Upton for his time, to Joe Madden as well, to Hannah Stang uh, for all of her work on this podcast for help getting this uh, up and available to all of you. My name is Trent Rush. Hey, be sure to check out Angels Recap after each and every Angels home game. It's on Angels Radio AM 830. For those that might be listening to the podcast but don't listen to the radio, listen to the radio. We got really cool stuff um, on AM 830 Roger Lodge does a great job in the afternoons. Terry Smith and Mark Langston on the games. And then post-game, you can hang with me. Um, it's always a blast. And uh, for day game, pre-game, they do a lot of those too on weekends as well. So uh, check all that out. Again, thanks for joining us. Go vote. Get some halos into the All-Star game. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. Yeah, they're going to be there. Vote for them anyway. Let's make Shohei the top vote-getter uh, in the American League this year. Hey, maybe maybe it's a Trout-Otani fight for who's the top vote-getter in the AL this year. And then let's get let's get Jared Walsh the game. All right? Let, I don't know who we got to call, what we got to do. We got to start working the system. Tell your friends. Uh, create some extra email accounts. I don't care. Not my rules. Go vote. You can do it five times a day with each email that you got. Go vote for Jared Walsh and let's get him into the All-Star game. All right? That's going to do it for me. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. Take care, everybody. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 